I want you to take your Bibles or your apps or whatever you read on, and today we're going to be in Mark chapter 12. That's Mark chapter 12. Now, if you're not familiar with where the book of Mark is located, if you're in a physical Bible, I would encourage you to open up to the table of contents. Uh, There you're going to find that the Bible is broken up into two main sections, the Old and the New Testament. Mark, where we're at today, is the second book of the New Testament. So locate the New Testament in the table of contents. Two books in is Mark, and you want to flip over to Mark chapter 12. Now, if you're in an app, just simply pull down a list of the book of, books of the Bible. Mark's about two-thirds of the way down that list, so find Mark chapter 12. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, a fellow pastor friend of mine and I, we went to go eat lunch and just catch up and encourage one another and pray for one another. And uh, we went to a, a burger joint that's not too far from the church. And uh, we, we went into the restaurant and we sat down and I, I took my mask off and we began talking and having a conversation. Um, and, and early on, I had noticed that uh, over here to my left, there was a table, the couple of women uh, sitting at a table over here to my left and they kept glancing over and so I was trying to ignore them and not pay attention and wondering what they were talking about and uh, me and this pastor had this great conversation. We ate our hamburgers and, and were blessed by it, encouraged. And towards the end of the meal, the, the waiter had already come and taken our food away, so we're, we're kind of winding down. Uh, this table that had these two ladies stand, sitting at it, they got finished with their meal and they stood up and instead of walking towards the door to leave, they walked over to our table. And one of the ladies looked over and she goes, I couldn't help but notice your beard. I just want to tell you that your beard is just so well-groomed and looks so good. And in my heart of hearts, I was going, yep, I still got it. I, I, I still am noticed by the ladies. You know, I, I still got that, that swagger, that, that look and that uh, demeanor. And we kind of laughed it off after the ladies talked to us for a few moments and we got the opportunity to tell them who we were and they left and, and uh, this, this pastor friend of mine and I uh, got to laugh and joke. Now, one of the things that I'm not revealing to you in this is that both of these ladies were in their mid-80s. They weren't exactly someone that was in my age bracket. Now, I was still flattered and I was still felt encouraged and, and quite frankly, a little puffed up because I got this great compliment. Clearly, it wasn't the compliment that I presented it to you early on. Uh, But these ladies had clearly been watching this pastor friend of mine as we ate. They were there and they were watching. Have you ever people watched? Have you ever done that? Have you ever gone to a restaurant or maybe a, a shopping center or something like that and you've just kind of sat back and watched people and speculated? You know, I wonder what that person's like. I wonder who they are. I wonder what they do for a living. My wife and I have done that. It's probably not the most godly thing to do because you're speculating and you're creating a a storyline for someone that probably has no foundation in truth. But isn't it interesting how we look around and we wonder about the lives of the people who are around us? What's even more interesting is that's exactly what Jesus is doing in today's passage with a slight spin that I'll talk about here in just a moment. So take your Bibles or your apps and turn with me to Mark chapter 12. 
Mark chapter 12, we're gonna begin in verse 41. So as you're finding Mark 12, 41, let me give you some background. We have been in the last week of Jesus's life for the last couple of weeks of our, uh, our study in the life of Jesus. And we're still in that week. Jesus is in that final week. He is in the city of Jerusalem. And every day he is coming from a smaller town just outside of Jerusalem and he's coming into town every day. He's going to the temple courts and he's teaching uh, and uh, giving us some amazing interactions with different people, uh, religious leaders as he discusses God and God's word. And today is no different. He's at the temple, he's watching people uh, and he comments on something that he observes. So look with me now in Mark 12, starting in verse 41. It says this, as Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box, many rich people put in large sums, but a widow came and put in two small copper coins, which basically come out to a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box, for they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all that she had to live on. What an interesting teaching that we get from Jesus. So, so let me set the scene for just a moment. Jesus is sitting in a place in the temple courts. It's a place where pretty much everybody was allowed to be. There would have been people walking around and, and talking and preparing to go. Some of the men would be preparing to go into the inner court to worship and bring sacrifices. And Jesus is watching. He has specifically stationed himself at a place near what's called the treasury. And the treasury was a wall along one part of the temple court where they had 13 metal boxes. And these metal boxes uh, were the places, the boxes that they, uh, people would come and give their donations, their monetary donations to the temple. And, and so there's 13 boxes. Each box had a specific purpose. But all of these boxes are called uh, in Hebrew shafareth or shafareth. Now uh, it's a reference to the shafar. A shafar is a, a long uh, horn that was used to blow uh, the, the call uh, to the people. It was used for religious ceremonies and things like that. And the reason that these boxes are basically called, if you translate it into English, they're called shafar chests. And the reason they're called that is because the top narrowed down into a larger container where the money was stored, but the top was narrow and funneled down so that you would drop your money in, but there was no way to reach down inside and get money out unless you had access to the key that would open up the box. And so people would come by and drop their money into these shafar chests. And one of the interesting facets of these specific kinds of chests is because of the way they were funneled, when you dropped money in, it made noise. It would, it would cause attention. And the fact of the matter is, is it's pretty well recorded that people would actually go and they would go to a money changer. We 
talked about this a couple of weeks ago. There were money changers in the court and they would come and bring their large coins that were great, of great value and they would exchange them for many more coins of lesser value. So it would be like me walking up with a dollar bill and asking to have that dollar bill changed into nickels or dimes or even pennies. And the reason I would do that is instead of dropping a, a, a single dollar into that shafar chest, I could then drop in a hundred pennies and I, that shafar chest would make a lot of noise and I would get attention for how much I was giving toward the temple. It was kind of a pride thing. It was an arrogance thing. People were saying, look at me, look at me for all the money that I'm giving. And so Jesus is watching as people are uh, doing this. Now, the interesting thing is this, you know, I, I talked about going and people watching. You're sitting at a restaurant and you see somebody at a table over here and you begin to speculate what their life is like. Jesus is not speculating at all. Remember, Jesus is the son of God and Jesus is all knowing. So Jesus is watching the people and he's not speculating. He knows exactly what each one of these people are doing. He knows their lives, he knows their stories, and he knows their hearts. And in this case, he sees a widow walk up and drop in two small copper coins. Basically, these two coins combined would equal around a penny or maybe even a dollar at that, if that much. And she drops in these two tiny copper coins, very little, almost nothing in the grand scheme. But he saw the widow and he saw her life and her circumstances and he saw her sacrifice. And that brings me to today's big idea. If you've ever watched one of my messages, you know that I usually give one simple statement that kind of wraps up or summarizes the main point of that week's message. And today's big idea is this. Your sacrifice is seen by your Savior. Let me say that again, because I want this to really sink into us today. Your sacrifice is seen by your Savior. Today, I wanna to talk about that. I wanna talk about today, your generosity and your sacrifice that Jesus calls all of us to. You see, Jesus sees the heart of generosity. He sees the heart of sacrifice. And let me be very clear, Jesus did not condemn the rich givers in this moment. That's, what he says is not a condemnation. He's not putting down those who were wealthy and were giving a lot. He's pointing out the sacrifice of someone who gave out of what they didn't have. You know, he doesn't condemn the rich givers. Let me be very honest. You know, God has gifted many people to be able to make money, to have wealth, to accumulate riches, but he's gifted them to do that for his purposes. He wants all of us, whether wealthy or poor, he wants all of us to live generously and to give sacrificially. That's the point that he's making here. You know, he doesn't condemn the wealthy, but 
throughout his teachings, and we taught on one not too long ago, he gives warnings about wealth. He, he warns us not to allow our wealth to become uh, greed or idolatry. You know, in reality, sacrifice and generosity cures greed and idolatry. If we have wealth, we should be turning to sacrifice and generosity in order to prevent ourselves from becoming greedy or idol worshipers because our wealth can definitely become an idol in our life. You see, sacrifice and generosity confronts greed and idolatry. It destroys it. And so let me just briefly say this. If you are a person who has wealth, God bless, that's amazing. I am so thankful that God has given you the gift and blessed you to be able to have money. But make sure that your money, that your wealth does not become greed or it doesn't become idolatry. And the way to prevent yourself from getting into greed and idolatry is to live generously and give sacrificially. And we're gonna talk about that a little more this morning. But Jesus saw the widow. He saw her circumstances. He saw that she was not giving out of wealth, out of abundance. She was giving out of poverty. She was poor. She didn't have much to live on. You see, Jesus sees past what we usually see. We get excited about the number of zeros on a check or on a giving statement. We get excited about large numbers, but Jesus gets excited about selfless sacrifice. He gets excited about generosity. When I was younger, I had a lot of debt when I was in college. I had accumulated massive amounts of debt. And next week, I'm actually going to tell my story. I'm gonna go into detail on this. But I had all this debt, and I thought that my obligation was not to generosity, but was to pay my debts off. So I wasn't generous. I didn't give. And I'll be honest, those years of my life, I was miserable. I, I look back at that time in my life and it was one of the worst times, the worst periods that I ever lived because I wasn't generous. My heart was in the wrong place. And you wanna know the sad truth? When I had all this debt and I, I thought that I couldn't live generously, I was also not paying my debts. I was continuing to focus on paying for my luxuries. I still was paying for the, the biggest cable package and I was going out to eat and watching movies on a regular basis and I was going out and spending money with my friends instead of the two things I should have been doing. I should have been paying off my debt and I should have been generous for the Lord. You know, the fact that I was in debt and I was not being generous and I wasn't paying my debt showed my heart. It showed just how selfish I was, how self-absorbed and self-focused, how I was so focused on my own comfort and my own luxury rather than being focused on using God's money the way he calls me to use God's money. I didn't see my own selfishness and it was destroying 
my life. It was killing the joy of the Lord in my life. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, verses 6 and 7 says this. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7. It says this, The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, I want to point out a couple things that drives us to, back to our big idea that are found in this passage. The first thing is this. This passage, and believe me, there are many, many more, especially in the Old Testament and in the book of Proverbs, that point us to the fact that we get what we give. We get what we give. If we give a little, we get a little. If we give generously, we are returned generously. God will bless the person who gives generously. Think back a few weeks when we gave a message on the, the parable of the talents. God rewards those who give generously and use his resources for his purposes. But notice that I did not say those who give much. I said those who give generously. You see, God has blessed each and every one of us with different amounts of money and time and resources. And he expects us to use that time and money and resources in accordance with what he's given us. He calls us to give different amounts based on what he's given to us. But either way, no matter what we have, he calls us to give generously and sacrificially. So if you give the minimum, you get the minimum in return. And, and you may not see that in this life. You may see that in eternity. So, so live generously and sacrificially with what God has given you. God will not reward stinginess. God rewards generosity to others. So, the first thing that this passage in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7 tells us is that we get what we give. And the second thing that we learn from this passage is that our attitude about generosity and sacrifice counts. Our attitude about these things counts. Look back to the, the point in my life that I, I mentioned earlier about the time when I was living in so much debt and I wasn't generous my attitude about what God had given me was all wrong. I had the wrong approach, the wrong mindset to everything that God had blessed me with. I didn't want to be generous. I wanted to satisfy my pleasures. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And that was the wrong approach. You said things turned around for me and again, I'll, I'll tell this story next week, but things turned around for me when my attitude about generosity and sacrifice changed. When I began to understand what God's call was in my life to be generous and to give sacrificially, my life changed incredibly. And so your attitude, our attitude about generosity and sacrifice 
matters. Galatians chapter six, verse seven says this. Galatians six, seven. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man will reap what he sows. You're gonna reap what you sow. In other words, you're going to uh, get a return on what you actually give from what God calls you to do. You will get a return on that. So what are you sowing? How are you being generous and sacrificial? Here are some areas of our life that God calls everybody to be generous and sacrificial. And this is the application point. This is the point where we need to step back and take a careful look at our lives and figure out, am I living generously and sacrificially in this area or not? And if you're not, or even if you're not sure, I would really encourage you to spend some time this week examining your life and figuring out what you need to do to be generous and sacrificial in these different areas. So the first area that we're called to live generously and sacrificially is through our financial resources. And we're, we've been talking about that. That's kind of where Jesus is going in today's passage and what he observes with the people who are giving their money uh, to these shofar chests. But God has given each and every one of us certain financial resources. To some, he's given a very small amount and to some, he's given a large amount for his reasons and for his purposes. But are you generous and sacrificial with your finances? Are you giving to the church? And I know that sounds self-serving, and we're going to talk about this later on, but the fact of the matter is, is God gives us certain commands about what we're supposed to do with our finances in relation to the church. So are you generous and sacrificial with your giving to God's work in his church? Here's a very specific way that you can be generous financially in your tipping at a restaurant. Guys, I, I've said it in the past and you'll probably hear me say it more and more. If you go to a restaurant and you pray before your meal, you better leave an amazing tip. Don't tip based off service, tip for salvation. Tip based on your witness to that waitress or that waiter. The fact of the matter is, is when we pray, people see that we claim to be followers of Christ. Whether I say to someone who is a waiter at my table, whether I tell them that I'm a Christian or not, if I pray before my meal, they know that I claim to be a follower of Jesus. And if I'm a stingy tipper, if I'm not generous to them and loving them financially by being generous, then what is my witness? What did I just tell them about Jesus? Think about that when you go to a restaurant. Tip generously. Uh, How are you giving to the needy? Uh, We are living in an age because of COVID and the shutdowns and businesses closing. Uh, We live in a society today where there is more need than ever before. And are you being generous with your giving to the needy? 
We have many opportunities to do that here at First Southern. We open up our building every Thursday and homeless come and spend time and get out of the weather and, and, and get rest here at our building. There's gonna be a time later on down the road where we may ask for special donations for this ministry. We may ask for you to come and do some training so that you can come and serve in this ministry. We have an amazing homeless ministry uh, that meets at Moore Park and provides food and supplies to our homeless community. Are you interested in donating or serving in that very amazing ministry? You know, we've been collecting money for a year almost for our Serve Scottsdale initiative, where we give money to our food bank and to uh, a ministry that goes out and identifies and helps at-risk seniors here in Scottsdale. And money also goes to our own homeless ministry that goes down to Moore Park. And it goes to help churches who are financially struggling. Are you financially giving generously towards Serve Scottsdale? Uh, you know, last week we started up, started up our Annie Armstrong Easter offering that goes to help uh, church planters, uh, planting churches here in the U.S. and in Canada. Are you giving generously towards that offering so that the, the word, the good news of Christ can be spread to all over North America? There's so many ways that you can give generously financially to those around us. So are you generous so that God can be generous to you so that you can continue to go and bless others? So what ways can we be generous? Financial generosity. The second way is, are you generous with your kindness? Are you, are you generous by your kindness? Do you show kindness to people that it's hard to be kind to? You know, the fact of the matter is, is people need kindness today. Kindness is becoming so rare in our society. It's so rare that when you are kind to someone, they notice. And when you're kind and they notice, it opens the door for you to be able to share the life-changing hope of Jesus with them. The fact of the matter is, is we're called, one of the gifts of the Spirit calls us to be kind. And not just to people we like, but to be kind to everyone. So will you be generous with your kindness? And let me just take a side note for just a moment here. I, I've talked a lot about having a life-changing relationship with Jesus. And um, maybe you're not sure what I'm talking about. Maybe you're watching or listening right now and you've never begun following Jesus. And maybe you've got questions. Maybe you want to know more about this. Or maybe you're ready to talk about making a decision to follow Jesus. Let me just summarize very quickly for you. Jesus was and is the Son of God. And out of his love for every single one of us, he came down from a perfect existence in heaven. And he walked this earth and he taught about God so that we could understand God better and know him more. And ultimately, at the end of his life, Jesus died on a cross to save you and I from our sins. And he rose from the grave on the third day in victory over that sin and over death. And he offers to every single one of us the gift of eternal life. Without Jesus, 
you will go to a place of eternal suffering. But if you know Jesus, if you follow Jesus, you can live in perfection for all of eternity with Jesus. And all he asks is that you believe in him and what he says, what his word says about him, what this book right here says about him, that you believe in him, you commit your life to him, you, you do the good things and live the life that he calls you to live and that you tell others about him. And if you've got questions about that or you wanna talk to someone about beginning following Jesus, I want you to take your device right now and I want you to text the word CHANGING to 94000. That's the word changing to 94000. We will have somebody reach out to you and we would love to talk about Jesus in your life. So what areas can you be generous? You can be generous financially. You can be generous with your kindness. And thirdly, you can be generous with your time. Are you generous with your time? You know, when, when I call a friend up and I'm in need, I would hope that they would be generous with their time for me, that they would give of their time if I was in need. Are you a person that is generous with your time with those who are in need around you? People will notice that. People will recognize your generosity. Are you generous with your time in the way that you serve God, either, either in the church or in nonprofits or in serving the needy, whatever it may be, but are you serving? Are you giving of your time to the Lord? Let's be honest, even our time is a gift from Him. And so use that time generously and sacrificially for Him. So, be generous with your finances, be generous with your kindness, and be generous with your time. Those are just three ways, easy ways, obvious ways that we can be generous and sacrificial for the Lord. So are you generous and sacrificial in these areas? Or, and maybe the better question is this, are you looking to justify giving less or looking for opportunities to give more? Ooh. That's a tough question, isn't it? Are you looking to justify, make excuses to give less? Or are you looking for opportunities to give more, to be generous and be sacrificial? Will you join me in prayer? Almighty God, we thank you for today. And again, we thank you for the blessings that you have given to us. And we pray that you would help us in turn to be generous to others with the blessings you've given us, whether it be finances or time or kindness or whatever. We pray that you would help us to be generous and sacrificial for you so that through our generosity and through our sacrifice, every generation will be led to the life-changing hope of Jesus. So help us to lead others to you through our generosity and through our sacrificial giving, our sacrificial living. Lord, we thank you so much for this time and we pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen.